This is what renting furniture with Feather looks like. Pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. Start renting at livefeather.com. This is Hoops here, and thank you for listening uh, to the first ever episode in a brand new Wolves fancast series, and it's titled Stories from the Pack. Now, what is Stories from the Pack? Well, this series effectively is all about discussing, from a fan perspective, uh, the highs and the lows of supporting this club, and really the stories that are associated with the memories. And in this first episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Gillard. Now, Andy is someone, if you're a regular listener to the fancast, you'll be aware of, so you recognise his, and hopefully my voice, on, on the show here today. I'm delighted Andy's um, picking up the mantle for the first ever episode, and Andy will be sharing his stories with us today. So, Andy, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, Hoops. How are you, mate? I'm good, I'm good. Um, so me and Andy have had sort of a brief chat, um, obviously, when we, we talked about this. And what we really want to get over with this series is um, I've known Andy for a few years now and really enjoyed being part of the fan cast. But um, really, there's there's a lot which I'm sure we'll cover now, which probably have similar memories to, but perhaps didn't share them at the time. And, and really, Andy's uh, personal relationship with the club and, and what's going on. So... Um, that that all will come on to in a moment. But how's things in 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 life generally uh, in this strange, bizarre time? Yeah, not too bad to be honest. Um, I was struggling a little bit for the first week, but as it's gone on, I've got a little bit more used to it, and I'm just trying to make it work for me really, and use the the extra time I've got. I've been trying to cook a few extra things and just try and broaden my horizons. I suppose you know, like I say, make the most of it. I'm just thinking there might be a cookbook in the horizon, maybe. <laughs> Cooking with wolves. Yeah, we yeah. could do that. <laughs> That's the next podcast. <laughs> I think really from the last point um, we were on, obviously, you know, wolves, as as with time of recording, we're, we're on pause at the moment. Um, but there was a sort of a, a strange phenomenon in these times with no football when uh, we saw Diego Jota pick up um, some silverware for the club this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> We've done quite well. We've won three trophies this season now, haven't we? With the Asia Cup, yeah. the, the other football game tournament they did, and now the Yoko Jota. Yeah, so um, let's hope um, that obviously we're, we're back up and running when it's uh, when it's all safe and, and okay to do so, of course. Um, but in the meantime, what we want to do um, really is, is bring you as much content as, as we can during these times. So we hope you're keeping well and safe. So We'll start off with with the series. So, uh, first question, really, Andy. And I, I, I've wrote down here. Tell us about your first Wolves game, but I've put memories as well because for me, I don't remember specifically my first game, but I remember, um, I guess, what was around the you know the time um, of the, the game. So, just talk me through sort of your your first first memories of, of Wolves, either attending or, or first time you you got into Wolves. Well, I remember. The first match I remember isn't my first game. Mm. So I know that I went 
the first match that I remember was the opening game to the 93-94 season when we played Bristol City at home. I've got snippets of memories before then. I remember before the Molyneux was built, as it is now. I remember when it was just two or three stands were open. It was great. And did we have red seats, if I remember correctly? Yeah, yeah the John Island, as it was, yeah. Yeah. So I remember sitting in the, the John Island watching the match. I was there when, when Mickey Stoll got knocked out and Tom Bennett had to go and goal. God, yeah. Yes, I mean, that's going back. I think was that maybe 91, something like that, I think. He wasn't a bad little player, was he, Tom Bennett? Uh, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he never uh, never hit the heights for us, but that uh, no. that game in goal, he was outstanding. <laughs> So, we, so whereabouts were you in the John Island? Were you, were you lower? Was, it, was this at a time where it felt like there was a football pitch between the, the stand and the, and the actual pitch yeah. as well? Yeah, it felt miles away from it. <laughs> so we'd have been sat up in, I remember we was sort of in the middle on the upper tier. And I, yeah, so I, know I went to a few games around that time. I haven't got many memories other than that. And I remember... Obviously, Steve Bull and Andy Mutch. I remember being told by my mum that these were, you know, the pair to to take us up through the leagues, which obviously they did with great aplomb. Mm. Yeah, but then my first game that I really remember would have been that that Bristol City game at the ninety three ninety four season. Uh, I remember it quite well. I remember going. It was when we had we just had the new strip, which was the one with the Wolverhampton coat of arms on the strip. Nice. Yeah, I love that strip. I think it's yeah. such a nice, like a, such a classy strip. I remember mom taking me to the club shop, picking that up, obviously putting it straight on to go to the match. And as we were walking round, we went and bumped into Steve Ball. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what a great first memory to, to see the, the legend that is. Yeah. Uh, and he signed my shirt, but he did it in felt because we didn't have a pen. And I didn't know at that point that you're supposed to get footballer signatures. So it was, it was doing a felt tip, which obviously <laughs> washed off within, you know, minutes. But yeah, so that was my, my first memories before we even got in there. It was a great kit, wasn't it? You know, yeah, you know that 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 kit, and I think that was at a time where you probably wouldn't have had a name and number because that would have been one to eleven, wouldn't it? Really, and, and yeah, probably nine. Yeah, yeah. So I remember walking into the stadium, and obviously it'd been just completely different to what it was the last time I would have been there. Mm. You know, it almost I almost remember it like it just looked black and white back then, and you walk into this sea of gold. Apart from the South Bank, which was still being built at that point. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember we sat, we were in the upper tier of the Steve Ball. Mm-hmm. And we were just, we were in line with the 18-yard box of the North Bank. So it's weird how you remember these things. And it's like, this is what, mm. 20, 28, uh, 27 years ago? It's, 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 it, is, it is, mad, and it's, it's weird because I do envy people when they say, oh, I remember the first game and it was this score and this and that. I'm like, I don't remember that, but I remember probably something not as important about what my dad went to or something like that and, you know, and where we were. But like you say, it was, I guess for you, it was the experience getting the shirt and kind of, I, I guess, really, like you say, you, you, you knew you were at the ground previous, but that was probably what the, the first part you thought this is going to be a regular thing, really, and you kind of felt like, yeah, yeah, this is your team as such, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that season I only missed one home game, if I remember correctly. Ah, okay. Can't remember who it was against, but yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure we went, you know, we were at the Molyneux every time we were at home. I was even there for the 
Kipeston Ved, which was the official opening of the South Bank. Yeah, I think is that the one where the video screens didn't work. I think um, possibly. I think so. Yeah. I remember we had uh, at full time they were doing a firework display and it was the <laughs> Peter firework display. It was literally just like the kind you see at, on a pub car park on bonfire night. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've not done fireworks well, have we, over the years? Well, that, that, that's, that's, yeah. an, that's another point. <laughs> and and you, mentioned, you mentioned players there. You know, it'd be remiss not to talk about Bully. I mean, this this is this is your experience. So you you tell me. But um, I guess Bully would be one. And you know, were there any other players you thought I can't wait to see them? You know, uh, turn out that year or or from that season as a whole because you you were sort of an ever present as such. Who, yeah, who were I the mean, players that stood out? Andy Thompson as well, obviously, just the mm. the flying fullback. He was incredible, and he was always there with. Oh, so reliable on penalties was incredible. Um, I, I used to really like Mark Venus as well. He was a player mm. who never particularly nailed down a shirt, but whenever he came in, he was always reliable. And then, of course, he became a traitor and went and managed at the Helvian for a bit, which was uh, <laughs> a disappointment. But I always really liked him as well. I've always liked the players who were just a bit of a shit out, really. Someone who mm. just kind of gets stuck in and gives it their all. I, I like that in a player. And what was your, that season, what was your, and I don't know if it's changed now, or did you have a, a match day ritual? Were, 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 are you a programme man? Are you someone that likes to get there early? You know, what sort of your match day as it was then, and, and does it differ now? Oh, ma- well, I say massively. I mean, I still go to the football with my mum. We mm. just sit in different stands now because she's not very tall. And if she was in the South Bank with me, she probably wouldn't see, to be honest. So <laughs> so what what we used to do is we'd drive down and we'd park on the, oh, what was the, the pub that's no longer there at the back of the South Bank? Uh, the Wonder. The Wonder. Yeah. We used to park on there and we used to sit in there and then we'd walk round. We'd probably walk the long way round to get to the Steve Bull or the family enclosure at the time. Usually get a programme, then might get a hot chocolate or something when we're in there. And and now me and my mum tend to walk down because we like we lived in Dudley then, but obviously I live a lot closer to town now, so we tend to walk down. I go to get me a coffee on the way and then just head in, really. So it's not massively different now to what it was then. Because mm. I, I think that's that's the thing for me, and this is kind of what I want to put over in, in the series, is that... You know, there's a time and place and, and people probably more versed than we are to talk about, you know, formations and tactics and so forth. And we'll talk about individual players and so forth. But for me, football's more about the experience, isn't it, really? And that sort of... And, and, and it's kind of sad in these times that we're kind of missing that at the moment and we'll sure be back. But it's good to kind of get an idea as kind of, you know, yeah, there's a there's a romanticism and there's a there's a I guess there's a there's a safety net in terms of a routine, isn't there? When you go to the ground and, and go to your seat and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. It's something I don't know if it's the like I say, it's that, that routine and especially at the minute because of how well things are going. When you're in a routine and things are going quite well, it's something you look forward to. Mm. Maybe during the, the darker days, like maybe the double relegation and what have you. I know I struggled quite a bit towards the end of that second season to get motivated, but once things got better, like th- there's nothing better than going to the football, to be perfectly honest. Mm. It's incredible. 
and it's and the atmosphere. Like, there's mm. very few grounds I've been to which haven't had the atmosphere of Molyneux. I think this is it, really, and I, and I think you know you, it's difficult for what we're doing. We we love the club, and everybody listening will will as well. But I think that's fair. I I, I think. Wolves fans, I think they're at the best when their backs are against the wall. You know, there's when that Wolves, Wolves fans are, are behind that team. There's, there's there's nothing like it. And I think, you know, did that sort of I guess stand out to you sort of uh, early days in terms of the atmosphere? Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, we've always been a team of not unfancied, but we've we've been sleeping giants for the majority of my tenure mm. as a Wolves fan. So we've always had that that feeling against us that we're a big club who've underachieved and all of the opposition, it was a scalp to come to the Molyneux and play against us. Mm. So I think that I think that's always helped the fans get behind the team a bit more because mm. it means so much to the opposition to beat us mm. that it obviously means a hell of a lot that you don't beat us to us, if that makes some kind of yeah. weird sense. like. Some kind of reverse psychology, almost. I think, and 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 just on on that, you know, in terms of the opposition, and we've talked about sort of the the home and the Molyneux. We will we'll circle back. But do you remember your first away game, or or do you remember? Uh, I don't know a particular memory from an away game that sort of uh, you know is is close to hand now. Um, a couple spring to mind. That the first one that springs to mind for me was um, Man City because it was at Main Road. Mm. Yeah, and I'm a massive Oasis fan, so it was kind of a going to a spiritual home almost, going to uh, to Main Road and seeing where it was. And obviously, we won as well, which makes it even better. It was which the one was that, Amanda? it was the Kit Simons own goal. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think the season after we went there and won again, which was Robbie Keane mm. um, scored the winner, and that was great. And I remember. We got off this this coach to get get into the ground, and you walk out this coach, and it was like being on um, Coronation Street, yeah. just all these rows of terraces, and at the end yeah. of this, at the end of this street was just this massive ground, and you're like, oh, this is just weird, just incredible, and like I say, we won, got back on the coach, and um, this guy, I won't say the word he said, he he said, um, you can f off. You brummy seas, <laughs> <laughs> and this bloke, the bloke on the coach, just turned around and said, "F you, we're not from Birmingham." And I'm like, just perfect, and I, just wonderful. Do, and do you know, sorry, Andy, go on. Carry on, no, carry on. No, it's it's it, it's it's. I'm glad you mentioned um, Main Road because I went to Main Road with my dad, and we lost. It was, I think, oh god. Um, I'm going to say Sean goes era for them. I, I'm, I know we lost, and, and as you referred to there, we we've always had a decent record against City, so we were probably unlucky to see them lose. But I, I loved that that stand for that um, feel that it just kind of was an old fashioned ground, but it felt uh, atmospheric and it felt iconic because you did have those narrow northern, you know, mm. conventional alleyways and we we actually we forgot where we parked and my dad obviously drove up we forgot where we parked after the game and if you can visualize it as i'm sure you can you go down one street and you've probably gone down an identical one for about 20 <laughs> minutes and not and, and you know you might have advanced and you might have not but it it had an aura about it i think 
for me, main road. I think what a great sort of um, stadium. I've been, I've been to the, the Etihad and I think that's great in its own right. But yeah, main road, I think that's that's a great one. What was the other away game that springs to mind? Just before we move on, did you sit mm. in the ground or were you on the temporary seating outside? Oh, that's a good shout. Oh, because I remember they had that, didn't they? No, we were in the ground. Oh, I look at you. Yeah, I can't remember a lot about the game. We were behind the goal, yeah, and it might have been shared as I as I recall. But but you're right; they 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 did have similar to the sort of the Graham Hughes. They had a temporary stand, so that's where you were for that game. Yeah, it was freezing <laughs> cold. There was no roof. Luckily, it didn't rain. But it, because it would have been, in, I think it was in the just after Christmas, if I remember correctly. So it would have been like pitch black at midday almost you know so it was mm-hmm. cold and dark and but you, when you win you don't care about these things yeah. do you it's just grace and i remember like people stamping the feet and it they felt like the whole thing was shaking it was mm. that is incredible uh, but yeah the the other memory i've got from early days was going to huddersfield away mm. and i think this might be my first away game if i remember correctly it was when the alfred McAlpine, as it was they only had the three stands, the one mm. the one on the far side from the away fans. That one was st- still being built. And I think that was the last time Wolves won there. And it was Steve Frogger and Mark Atkins scoring, if I remember rightly. Wow, wow. Mm. And I have been to, <laughs> this is another story, I've been to, I can't, what's it called now? Are they Huddersfield Ground now? I don't know, but I've also been. Yeah. Um, but they ch- it doesn't matter because I, I like to think I have a good collection of grounds and then they change sponsorship so often. Yeah, um, can't remember. But yeah, but yeah but... I, I went when we went um, Zenga's first season, so it would have been mm. when Huddersfield went up that year and Van La Parra scored against us. <laughs> and I remember I was, uh, I was driving up and I'd got to oh, I was going to say Rochdale, uh, Rotherham. I got to a bit Rotherham. I thought well, I'll grab me a coffee and go for a quick piece, and then we'll get back on the road. And just as I was pulling off the service stations, sheesh, I haven't got my ticket with me. <laughs> so I'd forgot my ticket. Luckily, I'd like rang mom and just said, "Can you call Huddersfield or the club or whoever and sort it out?" And we managed to sort it out. I had to buy another ticket there, and they would refund the other one. Mm. But this ticket was on the front row of the the stand. And it was just teeming down with rain the whole time. <laughs> so I was just absolutely pissed through wet and then had to drive back after a miserable 1 0 loss. Oh, and uh, do you know what? It's kind of, it's, I'm just, it hasn't come to me. I'm not going to lie. It's the John Smith Stadium. I've just had a quick Google. Um, but yeah, it, I think that's the thing. Sometimes it's the weather kind of paints a scene, doesn't it, really? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. It, it's kind of that, 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 like that scene in Friends where Ross is looking out the window, like the, the, the fake sort of rain coming down. It's kind of like, yeah, it makes it all melancholy when you haven't had a good result. But no, fantastic. So that, that's the sort of you, you, your away experiences. And, and we'll, we'll talk about the highs and, and, and lows now, if, if we can, Andy. So I guess really, the, you know, you talk the first season, but... Um, and we talked about the fact that I think really you watching the team in an era, really same as myself, where we were kind of there or thereabouts. I may know the answer to this, but when was the first sort of time where you you were devastated? Where you know where when was the the first time you thought Wolves? What are you doing to me? And what why why am I supporting <laughs> this club? 
I remember the first and yeah, the first time I ever cried in a football ground would have been the end of that first season. Mm. So we were we were pushing for the playoffs and we had Sunderland at home and it might have been the last book the penultimate home game, if I remember correctly. And we drew one all. Uh, Don Goodman scored the equaliser for them. And that meant we weren't getting in the playoffs. And I just remember being absolutely heartbroken. Mm. Not fully understanding the whole thing, but I just remember it was the worst thing in the world to not be in the playoffs. So yeah. I think that was the first time it really broke my heart. And then obviously 12 months later, we were in the playoffs and it broke my heart again because that was the, the Bolton playoff semi-finals. So that was a particular low moment. And, and it was for a good few years, really, because we were always that team of we were going to push for sixth place and never quite make it or sneak in there and then just lose our heads. And that, that Bolton one, where did you watch that Bolton semi-finals? Did you watch that the money on the bean back at all? No, I was no. um I was there, obviously, for the first leg, but I listened mm. to it on the radio for the second leg. Oh, and that um, first leg as well. Like, I just, <laughs> it still annoys me now how good we were, you know. Yeah. I mean, Peter Shilton was like 45 <laughs> or something at the mm. time, and he played an absolute blinder. And then they get that, just a shin roller of a shot from 25 yards from Jason McAteer. Yeah, yeah Jason McAteer, right, yeah. yeah. That was just that jammy bloody yeah. goal. And and then obviously you get to their place and listening to it on the radio, you can't see what's happening. Mm. But I remember the commentator just being absolutely furious with him punching uh, David Kelly and yeah, getting away yeah. with it. And then I remember seeing it on the news the day after and on the back of the Express and Star was that picture of Bully sat on the um, the, the turf, just mm. head, in, head in hands. And and that kind of picture has always stuck with me. That, you know, it's one of those, that one and his retirement one where he sat in a, yes. uh, in a little hut. I can't even remember where we were, but we were on tour somewhere, weren't we? From yeah, yeah. Uh, Sw- Sweden, I think it was. Sweden. I think, I yeah, think I know the one you mean, yeah. Yeah, those two pictures are, are quite iconic in my head. That, and that they're both quite low moments in uh, in his career, I suppose. Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you. You love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website. I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website and you want one for yourself, your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design, work, and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancast.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at pixelyetimedia.com. So what we're going to do now is, um, yeah, we'll have a, you know, we've touched on, I guess, really the the playoff despair, missing out and, and being in the, the, the playoffs um, as, as real low moments. What what stands out for you, I know present included perhaps, but any individual moments that stand out to you as moments where you thought, it's not going to get any better than this at that time? Yeah, um <clears throat> That Sheffield Wednesday game uh, in the mm. FA Cup, 
when we got him back down the Molyneux and David Kelly scored for us one one nil up and they got some jammy bloody equaliser and we got to penalties and and at that point my only experience I think probably most people's experience with penalties would have been England in uh, against Germany in the 90, 1990 World Cup mm. which I, I vaguely remember not I'm not got any I just remember Gaza crying is pretty much all I can remember about that that World Cup but yeah so you get to penalties and you don't really know what's going to happen but winning on penalties is probably the greatest feeling ever mm. losing on it's just devastating but winning on a penalty shooter especially when you were 3-0 down after three penalties to come back and then and then do it the way we did was incredible. And I, I remember walking out of the Molyneux and everyone was just chanting, K Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> I was just this tiny little kid and, every, and everyone was just around me. And I was just looking up at everyone, just really <laughs> drinking in the atmosphere. It was it was amazing. Were you in the end or? No, I would have been in the... the um, in the John Arnold's table, yeah. Yeah, I would have been in the family enclosure. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was great. And... I've always, I've always quite liked the FA Cup for some reason. Mm. And the game when we played Crystal Palace, I, I don't think it's the same season, but we had Crystal Palace two weeks in a row. Yes. They were top of the league at that point. And then we beat them 2-0 and 1-0. Mm. And again, I just remember celebrating like we've through to the next round of the cup, even though we've still got like six other games to get through. Mm. But I thought, oh no, we're going to win it this time. This is the time we're going to win the cup. And yeah, I, I've always wanted to see us win the FA Cup, which is that's still one of my uh, my ambitions before I leave this mortal coil is to see us lift the FA Cup. I'm glad you said that though, because I think you know we it's a cliche thing to say it's kind of been sort of downvalued or downgraded because it's it's an obvious thing to say, but I think it has. But I think you know there's some real sort of good sort of cup memories there. Um, and what about sort of individual seasons? So I, I guess, obviously, you know, when we talk recent times, you know, we talk about, you know, this is, let's be positive here. You know, we know what went before, but the League One win and then the Championship win and then the most recent year, where, where did they rank or are they sort of lower than the Cardiff win for different reasons? I'm not comparing in terms of teams now, but in terms of raw emotion. Uh, um. As a one-off experience, Cardiff is, mm. you know, almost undeniably one of the greatest matches in our club's history. Um, but that the season we won the league under Mick McCarthy was just superb. We came out of the gates and just blew all these teams away, and we were undefeated for the first ten or eleven games. Mm. I think was it Reading? I think possibly were the first team to beat us, if I remember correctly. But we just sort of had, we got such a march on everybody that by the end of September we were top of the league from then up until May. And I just thought that was such an incredible way to do it. And we weren't fancied to do it. We obviously, we did very well that first season under McCarthy. The second season, we missed out on sixth place by was it two or three goals or something like that. So we weren't really fancied to maybe play off push if we were lucky. But to have just annihilated the league the way we did, oh, that was incredible. I think that's one of my, my favourite Wolves seasons anyway, was that first one. Um, and then obviously I know we went up and then we had a couple of depressing years and, and then we got down to, to League One. I, I gave up my season ticket at the end of that championship winning one. I thought I'll just pick and choose my games. Mm-hmm. I'd bought a house and stuff and I thought I can't really afford to at the minute, so I'll just pick and choose. 
Um, but I've got to say, like, it did reignite my love of football, going to the odd game here and there. Because it was quite miserable, especially, like, if you remember that game against Burnley, where we were all but relegated um, mm. and everyone got on the pitch. And that, that's probably the worst mm. I've ever known the Molyneux. And it was it was nasty. It was it's toxic, bit, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, yeah, at that point, I wasn't particularly in love with football. But that following season, it, it, like I say, it reignited the passion for it. And it, it was players like Jack Price who came in and Danny Barr too. And I know both of those players are limited in what they do. But I've got mm. so much respect for the pair of them because they helped rebuild that relationship between the club and the fans. And that was massively what was needed because, as you say, it was toxic at that point. And plus, I love Jack Price's beard. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Jack Price, sort of uh, overall, sort of few standout players. Who, who would you say that you've you've seen to date? Oh, I mean, for standout, I've never seen anyone do what Ruben Neves does. I mean, it's mm. incredible what he can do with the football. I remember that that first game that he played for us in the uh, against Middlesbrough. Wasn't it the, the first game? And he just sprays a, a 60, 70 yard pass like it was nothing. You're like, holy shit, this is a hell of a player we've got here. <laughs> but obviously, that, that's very much a different level to what we're talking about with firsts. Steve Ball, you know, undoubtedly, what, what an incredible player. He had just this engine that kept going and going and going. And even towards the end of his days, when he possibly wasn't featuring as much as he was, he was always a goal threat. And Oh, he's just amazing. So yeah, Steve Ball was great. David Kelly, I thought, had that that second season. I was going. He was just shit hot. I remember when he scored against England, and then all of the England fans rioted and had to call the game off. Yes, Lansdowne yeah. Road was in Copley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did he get twenty two goals? I think he got that season. This is the good thing about doing this, though, because you do. I oh, forget things, and then suddenly they all become like, oh god, yeah, um, yeah. But Kelly, Kelly was a great player, and there were some good strikers there. Um, I, I think. I think with that, what what we'll do, Andy, we'll we'll wrap it up for the for today. I think what we both want to say really is is thanks for listening to us at the moment. We know it's tough out there. We hope you've enjoyed the first episode. It's the first one, so we really appreciate um, any feedback. Hopefully, the memories that Andy shared and we, you know, we've collectively shared today will resonate with many, and perhaps give an indication as to you know, how, how we've supported the club and, and, and what it's meant meant to us as, as fans. Uh, we talked about players there. Um, if you're a regular listener to the, the fan cast, we've recently done a, an alternative Hall of Fame where we've talked about um, players who perhaps won't go into the official Hall of Fame, but will be Hall of more of a supporters Hall of, Hall of Fame. So check those episodes out as well. Um, anything else you want to add at all, Andy? No, mate. Uh, it's been yeah. a, a really good... Uh, episode i think and obviously it's a work in progress so if anyone's got any ideas on another first they won't discuss you know i think but you know I've, I've, well done hoops i think this is a, a good idea and hopefully there's some legs with it and it can uh, we can run with it brilliant well from both of us um stay safe and uh, stay well and we'll see you soon
the Louisiana Swamplands. Out here, you're either lunch or you're enjoying it. Make sure you end up on top with the all-powerful lineup of Kia SUVs, like the Telluride Sportage and Sorento, equipped with available all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, and the interior capacity to bring everything you need. So you'll always remain more than a gator's length ahead. Visit your local Kia dealer today to find your next adventure in our ever-capable lineup of SUVs. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely.